He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. Hey, Slick Talkers, as promised, every year I'm joined by David Jacoby and Fred Basili, and we go into the Hostfully annual report, diving into the numbers and the data that they collect every year from property managers just like you to figure out what's changed, what's improved, and what's still a bottleneck or could be a new bottleneck for your business. Now, in this episode, we dive into all the data, so I'm going to stop talking and let the intro music play, and then we'll get right into it. So here we go with the Hostfully report. Make sure for any of you listening that you are downloading the report as we speak or as you press play, because this is a great visual to cover everything that we talk about on this episode. Now, let's begin in three, two, one. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, let's begin. Okay, I know I did say we'd jump right into the episode, but I have to say one quick thing for our sponsors today. And I'm happily and proud to say that this episode is not only sponsored by Hostfully, but is also sponsored by my friends at Minute and Safely. Minute is a 100% privacy safe noise detection device, as well as motion and occupancy detection. Now, there's no eyes or ears inside of this device. It is really just detecting decibel levels and sensing motion. Now, this is such a great device because they are like your co-host. They have great integrations with Hostfully and Airbnb, so you'll never have to miss the opportunity to catch or save your property from a potential party or incident. Now, to our friends at Safely, Safely is the best insurance product I've ever used, and it covers myself as a manager. It covers our guests for any injuries that potentially could happen, and of course, our owners, so they're never having to see us as a management company deduct from their payouts every month when things either go missing or broken. We just make a claim through Safely and we get paid out directly three days later. And guess what? We replace any items that may have been broken or stolen. Now, that is all I have to cover for today's episode. Now, back to the episode with David Jacoby and Fred Basili from Hostfully as we jump into the annual report. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. And I couldn't be more excited because I have my two good friends from Hostfully joining me today. We have David Jacoby and Fred Basili. Am I mispronouncing your last name horribly you wrong? Rock, or I rocked it. Yeah. Good job. Yes. Yeah. I love it. That's my biggest fear as a podcaster is the last names, man. Gets you every time. But uh, I'm so excited because this is the third year we've had you guys on the show to cover the industry report that you guys put together every year. So today we're going into 2022. What the heck happened? What are the numbers mean? What did the people report? And we have a lot to cover. So David Jacoby, you are co-founder, president of Hostfully. 
Fred, you're that marketing guy that I saw on the report somewhere on the, the draft. But I want to, one, let you guys introduce yourselves quickly. Tell us about the report, the history about it, and then we'll cover into 2022. All right, Will, thanks for having us. So good to see you again. I know. It's been a long time. I miss missing your face at conferences. Uh, oh, been too long you say that to everyone. Uh, Fred, you want to introduce yourself first and then I can uh, talk about some history on the report? Sure. So I'm Fred. I'm the marketing manager at Holesley and uh, the illustrious one that uh, gets the opportunity to write this report and uh, crunch all the data. So this year, uh, I'll let David talk about the history of the report, but this year it's special. We almost doubled the amount of people that uh, fill out the survey. We had 375 responses, which is huge, which means uh, we got the chance to cover both like the single property operators, like the mom and pop posts up to people that have a hundred plus properties and everything in between. So, uh, I think every reader is going to get something out of this report. I love that. David, let's get, let's get the history. So, uh, I'm David Jacoby, president and co-founder of Hostfully. This is the sixth year doing the report. It's become a, a labor of love. Uh, it started because we. It's the report has evolved as hostfully has evolved. So hostfully started as just doing uh, digital guidebooks, the software for digital guidebooks. And we've grown into being full-scale property management software. The report focused originally on guest communications and hospitality. As a guidebook company, we wanted to get some data about how property managers are communicating with guests. And there was nothing out there. So we made our own data. So to speak, we put a survey out there, got responses and, and got a lay of the land. Uh, so as Hostfully has grown, we've added questions to the survey and focuses on all areas of the property manager's business, how they've grown in revenue, where they're getting reservations from, uh, and a lot about what their tech challenges are and what's also gotten easier. Uh, and now we've had the same question set for three, four years in a row around all areas of your business. So it's really cool to see comparisons from before the pandemic and the throes of the pandemic. And now that we've kind of turned the couple corners. I love that. And that's so cool that, you know, maybe the first year wasn't as exciting, but now that you have multiple years to stack on top of each other and look back at, uh, that's going to be very interesting, especially after the last couple of years. So I know we're going to cover, you know, like Fred said, from one property to a hundred and everything in between kind of the response rate from everybody. But I want to kind of like go into, I guess, more of a, how do you phrase it? What were your guys's initial, I guess, projections for this year's report compared to what actually happened? Uh, what were your kind of expectations going into it versus actually seeing what you saw? And I'll let anybody answer that. Okay. Well, I can start. So before looking at the data, my initial assumption was that uh, we would see direct bookings continue with the upward trend that we saw from pandemic when, um, you know, in the last two years, especially vacation rental management companies have focused on acquiring more direct bookings. Um, and we definitely saw a spike during the pandemic. I was expecting that trend to continue very strongly, but it seems like um, it's kind of leveled off. So it's still very high for some types of companies out there. We can get more into that. But I was expecting to see like that growth continue exponentially. It's not the case, although there, there's a case to say that direct bookings are continue to be very strong in the industry. 
That's a good one. What about you, David? Yeah, that's an interesting point. And I do want to talk more about that. That was the attention grabbing headline that I gave to when, when talking about it. Uh, I'm pretty, pretty wide eyed, you know, open minded going into it. It's great to see all the questions. Um, we have a lot of multiple choice questions and open ended questions. And Fred does a lot of heavy lifting on making meaning of those open ended questions and, and categorizing them. So, uh, one, you know, I'd be from a property management software, I always like to see how property management software is the most valuable software. And that continues to be the case. Uh, but, but again, not as much as in previous years, you're starting to see some niche software like uh, dynamic pricing. A few years ago, 8% said it was their most valuable software. And now it's 16% saying that. So it's exciting to see how the ecosystem out there uh, these small, uh, I mean, not that dynamic pricing is small, but these, these niche vendors are getting real popular and people, uh, put a lot of energy into those, uh, turnover and cleaning management always ranks high as a popular software too. Yeah, no, I, I was, uh, shocked by that as well. Just like reading the summary and kind of going to the report it was like, okay, like people are expanding outside of the property management software or PMP, as you guys like to call it property management platform. Um, so I guess my first question, we're going to touch into what Fred said, and there's a part in the report going into bigger property management companies saw more direct bookings uh, compared to the smaller ones. So I want to ask you guys more on that on, do you think it's because they have more inventory, which allows them to have more bookings, which then allows them to have more revenue for the company to spend on marketing, or is it just something that's kind of, I would say we've seen in the book direct movement that just grows over time for a lot of companies. Uh, you start out wanting to have book direct, but it just takes years of hosting and, and hosting uh, guests at your properties to, to get that. Uh, yes, absolutely. So the number is as a percentage of booking. So obviously if you're a larger property manager, you're getting more direct bookings and absolute numbers, but as a percentage, it's growing. And partially that is because they have the budget focus on marketing, focus on our direct marketing site. They also are getting more reservations in general, which allows them to remarket over time to those guests to have them book directly. Also, the larger property managers on average are older. They've been around longer, so they've been able to build up that, uh, you know, core base that wants to book directly with them. I would also say that there's a lot of new Airbnb hosts who are just listing on Airbnb and not expanding to other platforms. And that's what brings that average down. So some, a property manager that's been around two, three, four years, they've increased their number of direct bookings. And now these new hosts, uh, they're coming on and they're skewing the average the other way because they're just focused on one platform. Uh, one final thing, if you look at all the, the channels, the distribution options, it's interesting to see how things change or not as you get bigger as a property manager. So you're, if you're a small property manager, you're getting a lot of Airbnb reservations and not a lot of direct reservation. If you're a large property manager, you are getting much less Airbnb reservations and double the amount of direct reservations as a, as a percentage of your distribution. Vervo, it's the same. Whether you're small, medium, or large, you're getting around 20% of your, your reservations from Verbo and booking.com is the opposite of Airbnb. It's more like direct bookings. As your portfolio grows, you are getting more booking.com reservations. So 
Airbnb, Verbo, and Booking.com all differently as it relates to how big you are. Well, I guess a follow-up question for that. Do you think these Airbnb host operators are going to transition over time and grow and get off just one platform? Or do you think they're they're like sold into just being on this one platform? And, and Fred, I'm sure you probably got to see that from some of the open-ended question response uh, from, from uh, survey people. Yeah, so we, if we call them like individual hosts, um, I think some of them, you know, it's not like a professional or it's not like their main income. There's definitely like the gig economy, uh, the people that take advantage of that trend. And so for them, you know, it doesn't make sense instinctively. Like they look at the ROI of a direct booking site, or they look at the ROI out of like listing on multiple different channels just for one property versus just the ease and the functionality that, you know, Airbnb gives them as a one-stop shop, essentially. They can communicate with the guests through there. They can get their listings through. So I don't expect them to like, if they're very content with one property and they have no intention, go with the income replacement route or start a company and become a vacation rental manager. I don't see them like going for more aggressive tactics. Like we see some of the bigger and more professional operators um, and the people that listen to your podcast use, you know, like going with distribution, going with upsells, going with pricing, like they just don't see the needs. Hmm. It's really interesting. It's, uh, it does make me think, are, if they like the platform that much, do you, are they, you know, they're starting with one property. Are they still trying to grow inventory, even though they're not trying to grow their technology stack? Well, we kind of like touch on that a little bit when we go later on in the report and we talk about growth strategies and you see it again, very clearly, like people that are self-hosting or like the individual property owners, they don't mention as much like adding more properties as some of the larger operators have mentioned in the report. Um, if you look at like the people with 10 plus properties, like the more we'll call them vacation rental companies or vacation rental management companies. Past 10 properties, they're starting to focus on expanding the portfolio when it comes to growth. Um, gotcha. And, you know, the smaller operators, they're going to focus more on increasing occupancy and optimizing the nightly rates. I know we'll cover more into that later, but I also saw a spot on competition. So the perspective on competition that everyone's, I think, said that they saw an increase of competition in their market that they're operating in. So this kind of comes back to that last question. Is this for single host RBO type operators becoming more competition? Because I think we all saw 2020. Um, people jumped on that train. They're like, I can buy a second property and 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 do that. So David, go for yeah. it. Yeah, totally. So that was a surprising answer two years ago in 2020 when we asked 57% said there was more competition than the year before. So in the throes of the pandemic, you'd, you'd expect kind of a high number. Things are tough. And then it went to 61% in 2021, and there was 80% this year. 80% of property managers said there's more competition than the year before. So it's still getting tough. Um, how, however, related to that, they are still all making money. So they are reporting more revenue. It's not like more competition equals less revenue. So it makes me yeah. think of Burger King's strategy of opening up a store wherever there's a McDonald's. They know they're 
is demand out there. So that's how they figure out the good demographics. Uh, so you're seeing that the same way here. Uh, larger property managers, every year, they have been talking about, we, we kind of ask, what did you do last year and what do you plan to do next year? And they've always said, we grew our portfolio and we plan to continue to grow our portfolio. And you're starting to see a little leveling off of that now. Property managers of all sizes are still planning to grow their portfolio. The larger property managers make sense. They're planning to grow more than the smaller ones. But a higher result for your plan for next year has been, as Fred said, around optimizing properties you already have. So I think you're starting to see a leveling off in revenue. There were big swings of making tons more money and losing a lot of money. People are still making money, but it's not as dramatic. And and they've gotten a lot of properties, and now they really want to focus on uh, dynamic pricing, on optimizing occupancy, and that's going to be a trend for next year uh, over property growth. So more like quality over quantity type. A little bit of quantity, yes, but still focus. They got the quantity. Now they need to make sure there's quality. Yes. Okay. Very interesting. Because I, I, when I was reading the port and I was kind of drafting up some questions for you guys, we were going back and forth on like, all right, I'm assuming like there is less revenue, but there, the report clearly showed that people, like you said, were making money. So this myth of Airbnb bust, which a lot of people are, I'm saying, and I got a text from one of our owners today, which is my dad, um, owns one of our properties and that we manage. And he's screenshotting these met these articles saying Airbnb our Airbnb bust and there's less revenue and no one's getting bookings and you know, the world's on fire. The sky is falling. Not true. There there's well, obviously data. To, to, yeah. We've pulled a lot of people and that doesn't seem to be the case at all. Those are the attention grabbing headlines, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you know, one thing that I love about our report, in addition to the wonderful data from the property managers, we also have great expert insights. Uh, Will, thank you for contributing. You're one of our experts. Way to go. Uh, so there was uh, Melanie Brown from Key Data. She had an interesting observation around supply. Uh, she said Airbnb listings in the United States reached 1.2 million in October of 2022, a 15% increase over October of 2021. During 2021 and early 2022, demand outpaced supply and occupancy rates rose. Towards the middle of the year, supply began to outpace demand in many markets, leading to drops in occupancy. So that's kind of confirms what the property managers themselves said, how there was a big growth, and now you're starting to see a, a leveling off. Would you say some of those markets would be like Orlando or, I don't know, other popular, like you know, the um, Outer Banks? Like I see a lot of people um, moving towards like the Carolinas for, for, um, property management or even just purchasing of a home, would you say it's those type of markets versus, um, you know, like, I don't know, a really remote destination that not a lot of people would go to unless there's a good reason. Fred? Well, yeah. I mean, we're seeing growth all, all over. So I, I wouldn't say one over the other. Um, one interesting about that, that was the biggest increase in competition were in places near major attractions, like the amusement park. So everyone saw more competition and more growth, uh, but, but maybe places that weren't as popular during the pandemic, uh, now they're starting to get popular again. Gotcha. So all the places that had a lot of people. 
Yes. Makes sense. Awesome. Well, uh, so I know we kind of touched on this and maybe this is a, a repetitive question. We kind of talked on the growth of just independent platform hosts, right? Airbnb hosts solely. Um, do you think there's becoming a less or more, maybe a, a, a decrease in dependency on one platform? Or is there an increase becoming uh, on dependency on just one platform? Again, Airbnb hosts just depending on Airbnb. Or is the platform kind of shifting to people are open to, to new channels? I think both. I think it's a life cycle and a funnel. So you're seeing Airbnb doing a great job of getting the RBO, rent by owner folks on board. Uh, and then they have a great experience. They start managing their, their friend, their neighbor's property. All of a sudden they have four, they have eight, and now they, they jump into being a professional property manager. So you're kind of seeing them starting getting the ball rolling and you're seeing growth in, in all parts of professional vacation rental management. That makes sense. Good, good answer. Um, so there's a part in the report going into small versus large. The, the part of smaller operators will be more likely to focus on yield management in 2023, whereas larger operators will continue the portfolio growth. I thinking would go more yield management on the bigger side. You know, you want to still like hotels do it all the time. They have they're changing their rates every 30 minutes if they're not using a dynamic pricing software, um, you know, to, to always yield manage that revenue and occupancy based off of their market. So why do you think maybe it's more, you know, now on the other end where the smaller management companies are focusing on yield rather than uh, the bigger ones? I think it, it might be a lot of factors, Will. Um, it might be that the larger property managers already have that figured out. So they're not answering that as an answer. Like they're not planning on, like they've already implemented it in their business. The other thing we're seeing in the data, and this is interesting, is if you look at yield management, so increasing occupancy or improving your pricing strategy. Um, the very large operators understand that it's not just about increasing occupancy that will get you more money. There's a trade-off if your occupancy is too high and your price is too low, you know, it's not necessarily great. So you see them work, especially on the pricing. So like, there's a lot of things that are going on um, when it comes to yield management. So it, it's like, like a lot of different things at the same time. Uh, one thing that is interesting for future growth is again, those mid-sized to like larger operators indicate wanting to implement an upsell strategy in their business, to like upsell either an experience or a tour or a product to the guests or in the property. Um, and so that's kind of like David and I talk about this every year, but everyone wants to implement upsells like this year, then when you ask them the next year, they haven't done it. And it's, it's a very difficult thing to do, the upsell implementation. Um, but that's definitely like frontier that can be explored and, and leaned on a lot more for an extra source of revenue. Yes, everyone has the best of intentions to upsell. And then when we ask them, how do you do it? They're like, ah, maybe next year. And this is one of our, our best quotes on the Expert Insights. Uh, the one and only Will Flickers talked about this. He said, things like upsells are easier for newer or smaller hosts and property managers because of the limited home inventory. If you start by doing upsells from the beginning, it's easier to implement as you grow. 
I think that's right on. It's so hard for the larger ones to get that as part of their their operations. It's a big undertaking and a big project that they keep kicking down the keep kicking the can down the road. But if you just have one or two properties, it's pretty easy to start with those gas and put a process in place, and then you can grow with that. Yeah, I was gonna say I've seen this was a fun topic when we had Bryce Carpenter on the show, um, who's with Hostfully as director of customer success. But he, you know, this was a fun one for us to talk about because it really, people can get really creative with upsells and there's some like really simple stuff that you can do, uh, which Bryce kind of covered on what he saw based on hostfully customers doing. But I've been really surprised to see, you know, these other like unique stay um, managers, right? Where they have tree houses or maybe domes or type of glamping experiences. And they're adding some crazy stuff into it that I would have never imagined do but that's kind of what you get when you create a destination off of some land and you know have this whole stuff versus a lot of managers are in urban markets or they're even in not urban markets but more i don't know like uh what do you call the tourist destinations yeah or like when you're like the suburbs like when you're you got neighbors they're not super like not super close but you still have neighbors right um so those can be a little bit harder to do because you're confined to that plot of land versus the smaller plot versus the big, you know, 15, 20 acre uh, ranch. So, so to speak. Um, yeah. yeah, but there's kind of like two buckets too, in terms of thinking about upselling. One is where you're the payment processor and you're like collecting the money and doing, whether it's a mid-state cleaning or an early check-in or late checkout or groceries pre-arrival. And, and that can sometimes get hard to find out how to, you know, charge the guests. There's lots of software out there that's doing that, whether it's uh, guidebook software or, or kind of like pre-arrival form, check-in related software, and that's an add-on to property management softwares. And uh, it's, it's hard to put that in place, but there's getting easier. And then there's other, um, other bucket where you're kind of just making the referral. You're recommending some tour and activity, and that's the easy low-hanging fruit to get started. And for example, we have an integration with Viator, which has hundreds and thousands of tours and activities worldwide, where you can pick and choose your favorite from from your destination and recommend those, and you get eight percent whenever a guest books it. I know when I have guests come into San Francisco, they all want to go to Alcatraz, and I put that in my guidebook and tell them about you know where to where to get your ticket, and now I'm getting eight percent on on every Alcatraz visit of every guest. Uh, so that's some easy low heat food that you can get started with. Yeah, I was just going to mention the digital guidebooks that you guys have are perfect for that, whether it's through Viator or through the marketplace section. Um, there's a lot of like little add-ons you can do there, low-hanging fruit. Um, but I like this part of the report. There's a good one. This is going to be a fun one for you guys too because it covers technology, but obstacles. What obstacles were managers facing this year um, and part of it was technology. So I want to hear your guys, your technology company is, we can, you know, uh, nothing to hide there from your guys' standpoint, you are building the tech and then you're hearing this. So what's, what's, uh, what are your thoughts on the technology obstacle for, for vacation rental op- operators? Sure. You bet. Uh, Fred, why don't I go first and I'll, I'll actually talk about the majority non-tech side, and then you can talk a little bit about the, the tech side. Sure. So technology is the the largest answer. We so one of my favorite questions 
probably my favorite question in the survey. If you could wave a magic wand and make your job instantly easier, what would you do and why? So uh, technology is the, the most popular answer at around 30, 30 something percent, 35 percent. Uh, so that still means the majority, 65 percent, are giving non technology answers related to cleaning and turnover management or general operations or expanding the portfolio or maintenance, uh, regulations, stuff like that. So that's still a, a big area. Uh, cleaning and turnover management went down, not surprisingly, because in the throes of the pandemic two years ago and last year, that was the big stressor and that was the big challenge. And it seems like people have one, implemented systems to get over that and two, it's just not as big of a focus. As it, as it was. Um, on the flip side, hiring and staffing is becoming more of a challenge. Two years ago, only 5% said that was a challenge. And now uh, that's double, 10%. Uh, that one said that was their number one challenge. Uh, my favorite answer of everything was have the TV remote work every time and always have batteries. That's a, that is a, that is a challenge. And that's a technology thing, right? I guess that's under technology. So that's a good handoff to you. So with, with Fred, so with technology, we kind of broke that down into a few buckets because it's kind of a catch-all phrase. Uh, Fred, you want to talk about that? Yeah. So when we ask that question, obviously it's open-ended, right? So it's to someone like me to look at all 375 answers and, and try and put them into categories. And so I'm, I'm very careful to look at the answer and and try and dissect it and where that So now uh, David mentions that technology is a big thing. So we break that category down even more and we look at where people answer. And then unlike other questions where one category kind of like represents the majority of the answers, like it, it, there's more weight on it. When you look at technology and you break that down, there's like what, 12 different categories. And there's not one of those categories that's above 20%, which if you look like, you learn out on statistics like I do, like that's that's like that means that it's very diverse, right? And there's no clear trend. And if you look even at like the top six categories, none of them are under 10%. So it's like a really diverse color pie chart when you look at it. Um, but nonetheless, like the biggest one is automation. And those are answers like you, you read them like, I wish this communicate better with that. I wish this did something without my input or my team's input. So that's always going to be like the biggest one. And it, it makes sense where we are in the industry and, and where we're going. Like it's still a very diverse industry. There's a lot of different tech pieces that have to talk for each other. And if you made a PMS selection or property management platform selection that doesn't integrate with necessarily like the right kind of software, that's obviously going to be like a hurdle for you, right? the automation part because you know your pricing software or like your cleaning software might not communicate properly or pull the right information or you know if you paid for something that doesn't necessarily work on that well it might not send the right information at the right and there's different consultants that can help you with that or there's a lot of good content out there on what you can do with preparation um the, the surprising thing for me when i look at tech challenges is pricing 15 percent of the answer because at least from my perspective, there's really good software out there. We can name a bunch of different companies uh, that offer really good dynamic pricing solutions. Um, but then, you know, again, like you look at the list and then it, it, it scatters off. So 
that's encouraging for me. It shows there's a lot of diversity in vacation rental management businesses and, you know, no one business is exactly the same. So that's probably why we're seeing that diversity of, of tech challenges. Well, I was going to actually add on to that before uh, David jumps in, because we said this before and David, actually think I'm going to quote you from last year. You said, uh, you can look under the hood of a hotel and see pretty much the same type of engine of another hotel in a different city in a different state. A vacation rental management company, you look under the hood of one vacation rental management company, you've only seen under the hood of one vacation rental management company, and you can't see the same under the hood or type of engine throughout you know, the whole industry in a country or city or state. With that being said, I'm curious to ask you guys on the question of tech, and how much of it has popped up. I'm very thankful. And I've said this on other episodes or different podcasts before. I do feel like there is an Avengers of technology in our space. I would say hostfully being a core one, a dynamic pricing software, an access control, uh, an insurance, and then noise. Usually is my those are my top five that I go for. I do know there's big players out there. But why do you think, not why, so outside of those five, there's a lot of other technology softwares or pieces popping up. Maybe that aren't needed. Do you think there's some too much tech and that's why people are seeing technology as an obstacle? Because there's so many things to, to do, to add, to piece together, to connect to or talk to. Or I, I love Steve Davis's quote out of the uh, expert insights, but you know, just kind of curious from your guys' perspective, because you are, uh, as what a lot of people said, the, P, the PMP is the heart of the business. So I would love to hear maybe your guys' perspective. And David, I know you're probably eager to answer that. There's a, there's a lot of thoughts, a lot of things I want to say. I'll try not to uh, to ramble on too much. To address a question specifically, uh, we do ask that with the property managers about what is their tech stack. And the tech stack changes, obviously, as the portfolio size increases. So you do see cleaning is fairly early on and dynamic pricing is fairly early on. Then as you grow marketing, uh, and payments, a payment processor, that gets more important where it wasn't important at all earlier. And that makes sense because they're, that's emphasizing more direct bookings. And as we talked about earlier, the larger property managers are, are getting more direct bookings. Uh, you're also seeing background screening and kind of distribution channel management. Uh, but uh, circling back to bigger picture, and I think we've talked about this before, with regards to the tech stack, we ask people, what were your challenges? And there's, there's still some challenges I want to talk about uh, that were interesting. We also ask people what has gotten easier. And time and again, you see certain items appear in both. So cleaning and turnover management or, or pricing or, or accounting, which is a big one on challenges this year. And what that shows is how entrepreneurial the ecosystem is how entrepreneurial property managers are and how vast the ecosystem is of technology solutions. So it's a problem for a property manager one year, and then they focus on finding the solution and they find the right software out there uh, that connects correctly with their property management software or their existing tech stack. And then next year they're reporting back that that's gotten easier. What were the other challenges that you wanted to jump into? I'm well, eager. yeah, related to that in accounting, and, and as we're talking about property management software, most people with a property management software do not have as many tech challenges. So, you know, obviously that makes sense. They're used to get property management software. 
But interestingly, those uh, with the property management software, they reported accounting uh, as a much larger challenge than those without a property management software. So accounting went up from 5% last year to 10% uh, this year. Uh, and specifically for those uh, without a pro for those with the property management software, it went from three percent to twelve percent, reporting it as their their biggest challenge. So it does bring up the question of causation uh, versus correlation, right? Do property management softwares have bad accounting modules, uh, or is it just that bigger property managers are more likely to use a property management software? and also have more accounting issues in general. Um, Jesse Era from Simplify, he had a really good expert insights quote. He said, even though many property management systems offer built-in accounting functionality, these solutions are ultimately limited by a fundamental lack of professional accounting expertise and operators end up doing the bulk of their financials manually. So you can see oftentimes how tech is solving problems, but it seems like in some cases, uh, tech is doing something in a so-so way and it's just making things worse and they need to get professional services or, or in this case, like a real accounting software to, to help them out. Well, it goes back to the point that you made earlier. This industry, the operators, the tech companies are all super entrepreneurial. So they become almost an expert in many different fields from guest experience to turnover to asset management for the homes and property care, then managing their tech stack from, you know, softwares like Hostfully to Breezeway to Wheelhouse or whoever their, their uh, vendors of choice are. And now they have to add taxes, which go from city, state and county and sales and tourism taxes and uh, maybe there's licensing fees and regulation stuff that they have to add now become, uh, very familiar with like government relations and what that looks like attending their, their um, chamber board or whatever. I don't know, all these different names and stuff. So there's a lot, there's a lot that a vacation rental management host or property manager do to run their day to day. So it makes sense that taxes is, or not taxes, but accounting in general would be a hurdle. That's another, like, I don't have a, I'm not a CPA. I don't have a degree in, in any of that. So yeah, that makes total sense. Do you think, I've always, you know, applauded you guys on your marketplace. You have an incredible marketplace. I know your guys' connectivity. Again, back to Steve um, Davis's quote, you know, finding the right pieces that talk well to each other. I always feel like Hostly's been really good at that. So when it comes to your marketplace and kind of like working with it, whether it's Exemplify or QuickBooks or these different softwares, what have you guys seen kind of be a, a good solution to that problem? Exactly. Working with other folks and playing in the same sandbox. So we... Uh, do not have our own internal accounting module because we feel that it would be a fairly half-baked module. Yeah. And that's, that's what we hear from other property managers using other softwares. And uh, you should leave it to the pros. So what we do is make it real easy to get your data out of our platform and into other uh, platforms that are built specifically for accounting. So whether it's our native uh, integration that we have with QuickBooks, or we've seen other property managers use Zapier and build their own integration to QuickBooks because they wanted it to act slightly different from our out-of-the-box integration, or work with Simplify that has an integration with us and they connect to QuickBooks in a third different way, as well as 
Zero and and you know Sage and Tat and and other softwares. Uh, so being able to to access your data and then use uh, best in class vendors, whether it's accounting or pricing or cleaning and turnover management or background checks, that's really a big focus of ours. Well, we've mentioned I mentioned a couple. You've just now mentioned a couple. What does a property manager's tech stack consist of, and how does that change as they grow? I I believe in the big five, you know, the Avengers, but um, maybe there's maybe there's more that I'm missing. Well, I mean, it's um, a little self-serving, but the PMS is the backbone of almost well everyone's tech stack. If you look at the answer from single property hosts to the hundred plus property managers, they all start with a PMS or a PM, as we like to call it. Um, and then you know you've got like the basic core functionality of like the smaller operators. So they're going to outsource the cleaning. So they're going to have a cleaning management app and then dynamic pricing to optimize like their, their rent. Then as you like get a little bigger, uh, things change a little bit. So we talked about direct bookings earlier in the uh, podcast. And if you look like past 25 properties, uh, vacation rental management companies tend to acquire a marketing software and that becomes very popular. So marketing can be a whole slew of different things. It can include also like your, uh, your CRM and, and things like that. Uh, obviously if you want to capitalize on direct bookings, but also like do other things like upsells, again, payment processors become more prevalent in a text, not to say that the other ones necessarily fall away, but tech stacks tend to grow as a company gets bigger. Um, and then. Although we talked about accounting being a challenge for people that have a PMS, we do see accounting becoming really popular, you know, uh, almost, well, it's like the fourth category for the two or five property managers, and then it gets a little more important past five properties, but then, uh, you know, past like 10 properties, a lot of people are starting to get into a module as well, if it's not satisfied with the PMS. Um, so yeah, so. It's like one of those things that it grows and grows and grows, um, but you see that it caters to very specific needs based on the portfolio side. Very interesting. Go ahead. My favorite uh, answer to the question, what is your most valuable software you use today and why? One person answered, my gut, I can always trust it. Well, we don't have an integration to that yet. But we're working on it. Not yet. So that respondent out there that gave us that answer, we're, we're working on it. If they listen to this show, I would be one super excited because <laughs> I, I hope that that just made their day. Um, that's, that's really interesting. And yeah, I don't know. It just, I feel like there's a lot of tech out there, but I think coming back to the basics and having like a really saw solid, like you guys said, backbone or a heart of the, the software, right. That sh should talk to all your other pieces from access to noise to insurance to you name it, revenue management. Um, and there's so many things out there. You guys mentioned payment processing a few times. And I just want to um, maybe, I guess, ask you perspective on that because I know I, I use Stripe for a lot of stuff, um, but I know there's actual specific industry-related payment processors. Is there a benefit to, like Stripe's very well known, they're a billion-dollar company and all this other stuff versus like an independent software that knows the industry specifically when it comes to payment. Um, 
is there like a perk to one or the other or do you guys have like a preference or do your clients or users have a preference that you've kind of heard of i'm curious it's been mentioned a few times uh yeah we see we see a mix of both you know a lot of our customers do love striped because it's just easy right it, it works really well the user interface is beautiful it's uh easy to get set up uh pretty instantaneously uh, and on the flip side, there's benefits of working with like vacation rep payment or, or Lindbrook group or Ascent and other ones that are really deep into the vacation rental industry and will appear at conferences. They, um, they might fight for you more with, with chargebacks and they kind of know your industry more. Uh, and oftentimes property managers are known, are bucketed in the higher risk category with regards to chargebacks. So having a a payment processor that kind of understands your unique situation is oftentimes a help. So that's really a, a personal decision. I we have we integrate with a lot, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick a favorite. Um, but there's you know there's a good option. That's the benefit. That's the beauty. There's a good option out there for everyone. Yeah, and that's that's more or less why I don't want you to pick a favorite. I don't want you to call out anybody. You know, I don't step on toes there. You guys do integrate with a lot of people, so it's super nice that you have the option. Um, and I guess to close it out. You know, the hospitality piece, uh, I want to kind of hear more, you know, what has been the most popular way for people to share their trip and to maybe go into recommendations and other information that they have with their group? Because I think that's a big popular conversation. And I can't remember, David, if it's actually we actually did talk about this. I think we did. But, you know, when you get the email of the booker, right, like you got the email of the booker, but now there's, you know, Sally and Joe and Uncle Bob and Aunt Tammy and cousins and all these people or whoever um, that maybe they, they didn't book. So th if I don't pass along that information, what are they going to do if they show up a day late? Are they going to know where to park? Are they going to know the key code or anything like that? So do you have any kind of like responses on that segment? Amen to that. Thanks for thanks for asking. So, yeah. uh, you know, as we're talking about challenges, other side of the coin, we do ask people what's gotten easier too. And uh, one thing that's it's funny about that is two years ago, 27% said nothing. <laughs> nothing gotten easy. This, this is terrible. And, and last year is 24% uh, said nothing. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to report that only 9% nothing this year. So everyone's finding yeah. things that have gotten easier and, and guest communication is one of those. So it uh, that went up from 6% Reporting it an easier in 2020 to 11% to 17% in 2022. And one of the big ways of improving guest communications, there's many like automating your emails and, and sending um, a pre-arrival form to collect information about all the guests and having certain SMS messages, uh, but having the guidebook place as well is, is a big deal. And you're seeing that more so too with the larger property managers. So, uh, versus versus hard copies. So if you have one to 24 properties, uh, over 50% of them have hard copy guidebooks. And Yikes. if you have 25% or more properties, only 25% have hard copies. Uh, so it's a lot easier to maintain a digital guidebook, especially as you have a lot more properties, right? If you want to add a new coffee shop that opens up, all of a sudden, you're printing out a hundred different new pieces of paper to add to the, the three ring binder that that doesn't make much sense. So having a digital, digital guidebook, especially as you expand your profile, 
portfolios, a much easier way to provide information. Yes. That's great. It's so true. And I have my parents always argue the fact of like, well, what if they're older and they don't know how to open up their link on the message and da -da. like you can still do hard copies. It's just easier to maintain and to refer people to the digital. But and also with the, you know, one benefit from the pandemic, I think people of all ages now are used to QR codes. So you're seeing lots of QR codes in the listing. You only need to print that out once and then you can update the actual content whenever you want from wherever you are. Yeah. Now the in-property marketing, I think is a good point as well. Like the QR codes and little pieces of brand that you can do around there. So, um, personally, I want to ask you each, both, both of you, one question, what was your favorite part of the survey? If we, whether it's the process of doing the survey, whether it's reading some of the funny responses or, or as Fred said, you know, geeking out over the data, what's your favorite part? Give me, uh, one or two things and I'll, I'll let actually Fred start. Cause, uh, I know he, he's probably got some data nerding out that he's all excited to, to share. Actually, it's not anything data related. Um, we do what we've been doing the last two years. We've been asking different experts in the industry to comment. So we send out a draft of the report. And we get different people to comment and David's mentioned like he's quoted a couple of the experts uh, today. And it's just like, we see a very specific part of the industry being tech vendors and selling like the PMP and that, or the proper management platform and the guidebooks. Um, and then you read some of these answers and it opens up like a whole different dimension of things you didn't necessarily think of. Um, so it's really enlightening to get some insights from all these different experts. So. It's quite a job to coordinate all the answers, but when it all comes together and you see some of the really deep expertise that people bring to the table, it's really nice, really informing. Yeah, and thank you for uh, your patience with me as I took, I think I was one of the later responders. So a couple of on this one. Well, just one, just one email is all. Uh, <laughs> I, I may or may not have had a, a floodgate open up in my email box, but um, yeah, that I, I always enjoy it. And thank you guys for including me on that part. It's always fun to get a sneak peek before the, the report goes live and, you know, kind of just kind of run through some questions or thoughts I have in my head, just like, oh, that's interesting. I wasn't expecting that. So yeah, thank you for, so much for including me on that part. Um, but David, what about you? Anything that stands out uh, for you that's like the most enjoyable for the whole process? This moment right here, Will. Getting... Getting, getting to speak with you and we've been on some other podcasts as well. And there's been some news articles written about it, but getting to talk about this, uh, you know, we've refined the questions over time and we love the questions that we ask and seeing the responses and getting to, to share this with the industry is, is really rewarding. As, as I said, it's a labor of love. We put a lot of work into it. And, and now that um, we get to share the results, we hear constant feedback from property managers that they really appreciate having benchmark data where they can see how they're doing uh, compared to their peers and things that they haven't thought about before, things that's working well, knowing that they they belong, that, you know, things are going for them, how it's going for other people. So we, we really appreciate hearing that feedback and, and we love having the opportunity to uh, talk about the industry and, and really share the voice of 375 property managers. Well, I was going to say, and the nice thing is they're, they're not just hostly clients or users or anybody like that's right. the cool part it's, it's not oh, yeah. you know um a selfish endeavor of like you said it's a very much a labor of love it's for the industry 
which I'm all about because I think collaboration and the this type of access to the the data is really important. So you, I I enjoy this as much as you do. It's getting to chat about this every year is super fun and uh, yeah, no, it's super insi- uh, insightful. So I appreciate you guys taking the time for the third year in a row to come on to the podcast and talk about it and geek out a little bit. So you had one link to send people. I'm obviously going to link to the survey. So or not the survey, sorry, the report. I'm going to link to the report so people can get it. But if you had one link to send somebody, where would you send them? Well, we actually just launched our new website, hostfully.com. So that is the obvious one. We have links from there to this report, as well as our previous year's reports and other white papers about the industry that we put out as well, and lots of blogs too. So even if you love your property management software and you love your digital guidebook, come visit our website. We've got lots of great content for you. I love it. I love it. How about you, Fred? Do you have a specific, a special link outside of hostly.com? Well, if you want to just get to the report without going through the rest of the website, <laughs> you could go to www.hostly.com slash 2022 report in one word. And then that gets you right to the report and you can download it and, uh, you know, spend some time benchmarking like what you're seeing versus what the rest of the industry is talking about. Love it. Well, I'll obviously include everything in the show notes that you guys just mentioned. The report is super good. So any of our listeners or live viewers, seriously, check it out. If you haven't already downloaded it, it gives you a ton of information and it's very well put together. It's not like you're going to be confused and looking at a bunch of numbers that don't make sense. It's beautifully put together. It's very well organized and it's got a great design. So I think you'll love it. Uh, But until then, we'll see you all again next week. And thank you so much for tuning in. Like and subscribe everything hostfully and you're amazing. Enjoy. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast possible. We hope you enjoy the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.